Well, the private eye is a catalyst. Now, look, Mr. Marlowe. He's the man who resolves the situation. He doesn't exist in real life. No, he doesn't. Unless you can make him seem real. Yeah. No professional secrets. No. I thought you wanted a drink. I changed my mind. Then what? He doesn't make any money, either. Marlowe seems real to me. I mean, I visualize him quite well. Oh, I know, but that's because I've known him so long. Yeah. He's not real as a specimen of a private detective. I suppose you'll know who he is. Uh-huh. You don't have to play poker with me, Mr. Marlowe. Ed wants to find him, doesn't he? Do you? They must have an immense interior courage, though. They must, because it's a dull job and they get no thanks for it and they get no medals. And it's pretty bad on the wives, too. They have a hard time. But I don't like your manners. Well, I'm not crazy about yours. I didn't ask to see you. Wives of policemen don't have a very good time in America. They don't. The policemen get shot every once in a while. Yes, because you suit much more than we do over here. Well, they carry guns. Do you always think you can handle people like uh, train seals? Uh-huh. I usually get away with it, too. How nice for you. Just what is it you're afraid of? He doesn't know what it's all about. Yes. He knows that there's something strange about it, but he doesn't know just what it's all about. Yeah. It seems to me that the real mystery is not who killed Sir John in his study, but what the situation really was, what the people were after, what sort of people they were. Dad didn't tell you that. Oh, yes, he told me about Regan, but that's not what he wants to see me about. That's what you've been trying to get me to say, isn't it? I'm sure I don't care what you say, Mr. Marlowe. I'm wasting your time. Goodbye, Mrs. Rutledge. Oh, Norris. You made a mistake. Mrs. Rutledge didn't want to see me. I'm sorry, sir. I make many mistakes. Santa Rosa, California, is six feet tall and weighs 190 pounds. He has dark, wavy hair. In Chandler's first Marlowe novel, The Big Sleep, set in 1936, he's 33. Marlowe had two years of college and was an investigator for the L.A. District Attorney. He was fired for insubordination. His office is in the Cahuenga Building on Hollywood Boulevard near Ivar. James Bond author Ian Fleming once asked Chandler, why he set the Marlowe stories in Los Angeles. Well, I lived many years in Los Angeles, and Los Angeles and California had been written about. A book by Ra called Ramona, a lot of sentimental flop. But nobody in my time had tried to write about the Los Angeles background in any sort of realistic way. Now, of course, now half the writers in America live in California. <laughs> Through Marlowe's eyes, L.A. comes to life. He frequents everything from the nightclubs of West Hollywood to the seedy downtown hotels, from the Pasadena mansions to the Santa Monica gambling ships, from the Hollywood glamour factories to the rundown bus depots. He drinks whiskey, usually Four Roses or Old Forester, and sometimes drinks gin. His preferred coffee is black, and his cigarette brand is Camel. At home, he smokes a pipe, especially while playing chess by himself. It was said that, 
Chandler wrote like a slumming angel, invested in the sun-blinded streets of L.A. with a romantic presence. The second Marlowe novel, Farewell, My Lovely, was published in 1940. This was followed by The High Window in 1942 and The Lady in the Lake in 1943. The first official Marlowe film was Murder, My Sweet with Dick Powell in 1944. Powell played the adaptation of Farewell, My Lovely on the June 11, 1945 episode of the Lux Radio Theater. Philip Marlowe, private investigator. That's a nice title for somebody you go to see when you don't want to see the law. I was tired out. I'd been out peeking under old Sunday sections for a barber named Dominic whose wife wanted him back. I forget why. Anyway, I didn't find him, and the only reason I took the job was because my bank account was trying to crawl under a duck. I just found out all over again how big Los Angeles is. My brain felt like a plumber's handkerchief. I took out my little black book and decided to go grouse hunting. Nothing like soft shoulders to improve my morale. Humphrey Bogart starred in the 1946 adaptation of The Big Sleep, heard opposite Lauren McCall at the beginning of this act. That same year, Chandler and his wife bought a home in La Jolla. In early 1947, two new Marlowe films came to theaters. The Lady in the Lake starring Robert Montgomery was released in January. Montgomery reprised his role in the February 9, 1948 episode of Lux. Right now, you're hearing a lot about a murder. They call it The Case of the Lady in the Lake. That's a good title. It fits. But what you've heard about is one thing, and the real thing is something else again. There's only one guy who knows that. I know it. Then in February, an adaptation of The High Window, called The Brasher de Bloom, came to theaters starring the unrelated George Montgomery. But this time there was no letdown. Mr. Marlowe? Yes. I'm so terribly glad you could come. Well, I'm beginning to feel better about it myself. Well, just having you here makes me sure everything's going to be all right. <laughs> you have even more confidence in my ability than I have. Marlowe was a hot commodity. On March 22nd, it was announced that NBC would bring a summer series to the air. Tuesday nights were NBC's highest rated evening, and although summer ratings were always the year's lowest, NBC executives had high hopes that Marlowe would be a perfect fit Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. The ad agency Foot Conan Building made a deal with MGM. They tabbed rising leading man Van Heflin to play Marlowe. 